Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the ASAP or the After Synergy Application Podcast. My name is Jack and I'm the host tonight. I'm here with two lovely people, Joseph and Tyra. Say hello to everybody. Hi. Hey. That's so good, guys. Tonight we had a special guest, Mike Bro, come in and talk to us at Synergy. And he started out by telling us that he goes all around the country, but he was born and raised in Kentucky. And that people make fun of him all the time and send him funny things that only Southern people would say or that they don't say as well. And I thought it'd be really fun to start the night off tonight by talking about our favorite Southern sayings. What well, so are you to you, Joseph? So I have a lot, but probably the one that rises to the top right now is it doesn't mount to a hill of beans. That's good. I think mine is, uh, he's too big for his britches. That's good. <laughs> mine, That's such a good one. Uh, we were talking about this before, and I'm really tied between hold your horses or sweating like a sinner in church. <laughs> and it's just so funny to think about. And uh, sometimes we're all like that. All right, let's jump right in. Um, tonight, we talked about the idea of you do you or follow your heart. Kind of, you are you are going your own way. You're not listening to the Holy Spirit. You're kind of listening to your heart. You're kind of following your emotions rather than going to the Holy Spirit. And Mike did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, so to start us off, I'm going to read the scripture that he based his whole sermon off of. Before I do that, though, I want to encourage you to pause. If you missed Synergy, hit pause on this podcast. Go back one episode right before this. It'll be the entire sermon. Listen to it, then come back here so that you're not lost in the sauce. Okay, so he read out of Genesis. He read Genesis 25, 29 through um, 34. So I'll read it real quick. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said, Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank. And then they got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. So what did you guys think? First impressions of, of what Mike had to say. I thought it was really good. I had never, I've always heard the story like in Sunday school and just growing up and I've read it and stuff, but I n- never really um, read it in the way that he was like telling it. Mm-hmm. Of, I don't know, he made it more like relatable, I think. Yeah, I, I thought that too. I thought it was so good. I love how he brought up the point of of that both things were good. I think a lot of times we think about how the choice between a good thing and a bad thing but I think a lot of times it, there's a choice between an A and a B instead of an A and an F we are going to choose the A but to realize that the tough choices in life are between an A and a B and how do we apply that of listening like he was saying listening to the spirit yeah that's so good I um I really liked what he was saying about the brother, the brother and sister. Do either of you guys have siblings? Nope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I come from a big family. I have one older sister, two younger sisters, and two younger brothers. So <laughs> that is a big family. I have two younger sisters, but I do definitely feel the uh, thing that he was joking about about how younger siblings are always pestering the older siblings. But then the second the older sibling needs something, the younger sibling's like, "All right, time to play," and you're like. Can you just be a normal human for once? Um, so it was really funny to see 
like you said, I've heard the story a hundred times, but I never really thought about it in like a brother, a older brother, younger brother, older sister, mm-hmm. younger sister um, concept. But I don't know. I kind of put a I kind of put a big spin spin on that, which I thought was cool. In case you were wondering, um, he did talk about birthright for a minute, and he was talking mm-hmm. about how in the United States and in modern history and modern culture, sorry, we don't really talk about birthright. And uh, I just wanted to point out to the to the listeners, in case you didn't listen to the message, uh, birthright is essentially just the firstborn son at the time got all the money, all the recognition and blessing from the Lord when, when their father passed away. And then it had to be a male, though, and it had to be the firstborn. Anybody else in the family didn't get that. So it was a really big deal. And what did you guys think about that in a sense of when Mike was talking about just the importance of it and how quickly um, Esau was willing to just trade it away? Yeah, I mean, I think of it like even just in monarchies and things, like the firstborn son from the king is going to be the next king or the next in line. Mm. Um, Or even like today's time, I think the only thing I can think of is like when millionaires have kids, like they get the... Um, first of everything really but yeah I never really thought about it like how much he was giving up for mm. just a bow of stew yeah I thought of, I, I agree I, I think about how I never I've, you know this story has been talked about a lot but I never realized in the sense of what it means today in, in, in um, modern sin I think a lot of times especially in the Old Testament. You think, oh, that's ancient history. It doesn't apply to us today, but it is, it does. And I think even thinking about people who don't even have brothers and sisters, um, looking at it that way is, is important of like, he was going to sell everything for soup. And I think that is um, important as well. I mean, soup is really good, but for your birthright? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. And I loved when he just kind of, the room was silent, and he said the line of, like, he made a really stupid trade for just a stupid bowl of soup. And I think that's what you guys are both saying. Like, in modern day, they'd be, like, giving up your phone or car or livelihood mm-hmm. just to have, like, some Chick-fil-A. Like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, Chick-fil-A is smacking, but, like, I don't know if I would want to give away mm-hmm. my car for a Chick-fil-A meal or my livelihood or my job or anything. Um but let's dive in and talk about this impact bias. I think he kind of shifts into this in the sermon and kind of lays lays this down as the big thing. And he says that impact bias is when your when desires are magnified to a point in our brain where we where the craving seems to be the end all be all of everything, and that our brain cannot see past that, like a beach ball effect. Um, how do you how do you guys think that related to how do you guys think that relates to students' lives and even your own life in that sense? Mm, good question. I tell you, that is. <laughs> you can go ahead, Joseph. Well, so I think um, he mentioned this, but I think it's important um, to. Sorry, what was. What no, was you're the all question? good. Yeah, I think I just was trying to lead us down the path of talking about how um, this idea of appetites or desires growing to a point where in our brain. All we're thinking about is like, I must have this, I must have this, I must have this right this second, mm. where um, it's crippling and it seems to be the end all be all, like Esau saying, who cares about my birthright? I could die right now because of hunger. 
when in reality he he wouldn't. <clears throat> and I think what I was asking you guys to answer is just like, how do you think that that ties into the overall picture of the message tonight or into students' lives? I think it can be like, it really can be simple as like, maybe someday someone had like a bad hair day or something and they're like, oh, I want to chop off all my hair and they go and do it. And I've literally done this before. <laughs> and then after like you get done with the haircut or whatever, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I cut my hair? Um, but it was like just so in the forefront of my mind, I couldn't think of anything else. And I was like, if I just do this, I'll be happy. Um, but then in the end, I kind of saw myself and I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have got the cut. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that I like that. And to answer your question, I think sort of, but I think is important. Of of chase, I think especially we chase after material things. Mm-hmm. We chase after things that will make us happy. And I, I, in that word happiness comes from um, the word happenstance, which is just in our circumstances. And I think that's important to think about when we are thinking in. In, in the culture and, and, and college students of chasing after things that will make us happy right now in this moment and instead of really building our treasures up for heaven. That's a good word. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I don't know, when I was sitting in the back <clears throat> listening to this and thinking about this point, I just, he, he kept talking about guys specifically and um, CSS been putting a bigger focus on, on guys this year and it just made me think of all the guys in our ministry and it's like we do that a lot and I'm not saying it's just guys but from my point of view like we do that a lot of uh, with anything it doesn't even just have to be love or relationships or anything I mean it could honestly just be food but I feel like we do that a lot in, as students and or and it can be like Tyler was saying a haircut or an exam <clears throat> and it's just so important like he said to to not let your heart be the life coach in that situation mm-hmm. to let the Holy Spirit be your life coach because 10 years down the road it doesn't really matter if you pass that exam or if you um, like or like he was saying trading your life away for a picture on a screen or mm-hmm. whatever way like having that time travel or idea coming back like we would make a lot of different choices than we did and I think it's that was exactly what we needed to hear tonight yeah and I think it can even go into like harder things too like relationships Mm -hmm. maybe you know like you're not supposed to be dating this guy or girl um but like obviously as humans we want love and affection um so it's like well no like if I were to go with him I'll be lonely or I'll be Mm -hmm. sad like um etc but yeah like it's not good for you in the end. Mm. Yeah, it's really good. And I, just sort of brief <laughs> on that, but I, I think it's important to ask the question why. Why are we in what we're doing in, in, in that moment of, you know, maybe I'm in this relationship where he talked about um, sexual sin, asking ourselves why are we in this position? Because I think that can open up a layer of this is not just the issue. There is something that, is underneath this that needs to be addressed. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's so good. Yes. Yeah, and I love how he then takes a turn and starts talking about like how can we how can we change that like right how do we how do we look at our appetites desires whatever you want to call them because he says <clears throat> kind of in like a Debbie Downer like you're always going to be tempted and we know that like Jesus says that in this in scripture Paul says that in scripture like you're going to be tempted. It's just, it's just part of life. 
and he was so like how do we how do we work our way out of that how do we work away um away from temptation and he reads this scripture from galatians five sixteen. he says so i say let the holy spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing your sinful nature what your sinful nature craves which i thought was really good and really hard because yeah. let me be honest giving it to the holy spirit is the hardest thing that i do sometimes <laughs> or just listening to the holy spirit it's hard and i have a hard time listening because my brain's like a ping pong ball so sometimes when i try to listen it just it's all over the place yeah and i think a lot of times it's like harder to just um go to god like for things that you're struggling with or like things that you want um especially if it's like the appetite that is just like so loud and doesn't want to be quiet um another c.s lewis quote last time i was on the podcast i did one so i feel like it's on brand since we're in the lewis house um, it says, uh, we never we never find out the strength of the evil impulse inside us until we try to fight it. And Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded to temptation, is also the only man who knows to the full what temptation means. The only complete realist. And I think even, like, that goes along with scripture. Of, like, he truly is the one who he understands, like, mm. what we're going through. And he can, like, help lead us out of that. Yeah. Um, something... Um, something that I have noticed here, um, been working and and someone showed me, shared with me this the other day, and I thought it was good. It's the acronym Brace, and because um, I think it is important to um, to talk about it in a sense of yes, the Lord is a, is the greatest, and and having Him, but also having the accountability, and because there are moments when you are. When you are fighting it by yourself, and having having a acronym of bracing, and um, the B is breathe deeply, um, just simply, just sort of breathe in and breathe out. Um, the the second one is remember the truth, remember who you are um, in Christ. Uh, the third one is um, is accountability, and I think that's important uh, when thinking about uh, this subject of of um, sin and and remembering the truth of having someone who you can call and be like, hey, I am tempted with this soup. Will you lift me up in prayer? Um, and then the third one is um, escape the situation. Um, you know, if you are tempted and you think, uh, I really want that soup, but being able to um, escape that and being like, okay, I got to get out of here. Yeah, that's really good. Guys, if you aren't in in some kind of group at CSF, you can always always sign up for a group at ukcsf.org slash groups. And like Joseph said, sometimes the best sometimes the best thing that you can do is just kind of share what you're going through, right? Sometimes appetites are strong. Trust me, I've eaten my fair share of, of binge foods late at night, but and I it's just the same thing. It's just like sometimes it is so hard, right? Like you want that Sour Patch Kid or you want that Taco Bell or whatever. And it's like sometimes you got to say no. And honestly, the best way to do that is just to get involved with a group because you're going to have a, a community of guys or girls that come alongside of you and just, mm-hmm. one, care about you deeply and, two, like want to see you improve. Yeah, and I think also in those groups, you guys are all heading towards one goal, which is to be like Christ. Mm, that's so good. Yeah, um, all good things. So Mike talks about, he goes into this challenge that he talks about for a while. Um, 
and he says he wants to write down, he wants you to write down 10 years from now, what do you want your life to look like? Because he started talking about how 25 years ago, he did this and he basically said he wanted his life to be like Jesus. He wanted to love like Jesus, live like Jesus and be like Jesus. And he said that's an ongoing goal, but <clears throat> writing down goals now helped him achieve who he wanted to be and help put those appetites aside when the trade was offered. So do you guys know what you, what you want your life to look like in 10 years? I know that's a deep question, and you probably haven't had some time to think about that, but briefly, do you know what, your life, what you want your life to look like in 10 years? Um, to be honest with you, my life now is, looks completely different than I thought it would last year, so I've not looked ahead 10 years mm. at all. No, that's fine. Um, but something he said also that kind of goes along with the question is, your bowl of stew promises something that it can't fulfill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even if I don't know, like, what my life will look like in 10 years even just being like oh I still want to be like this way in in Christ um I want to live this way I want to have my relationship with Christ in this way um maybe just for the next year Mm, that's so good (laughs) um but also just like having that thing where you can look ahead of like yeah you might be hungry now like you might really want some soup but after you eat the soup like what are you going to be left with um it's always important I had a friend um she isn't a Christian, but she was, like, going through a breakup, and she was like, well, I'm just going to, like, go sleep around or, like, go date and um, maybe get over that heartbreak, and she did all that, and she, like, came to me one day, and she was like, you know, I've, like, gone out with all these guys and did all these things, but I still feel heartbroken, and I'm still mm-hmm. so empty. And it's like, yeah, she got her suit, but she really didn't have anything after that. Um, so, yeah, just looking ahead of, like, you can get your little bowl of soup, but what are you going to have after it? Hmm. Yeah, that is good. Um, and because I think about, um, I, can't, I can't go without saying something about a song. And so <laughs> I love this good song by Stuart Hamlin about, it goes, the things of earth will dim and lose their value. If we recall, they're only borrowed for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things that cause my heart to tremble will only bring a smile. Until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, the joy I carry on. And it goes on. But I think the idea of that is to know, kind of like you were saying, store up your treasures in heaven um, and and realizing that that this is not this is not everything. And, and I even think about Gloria Gaither one time said, God is in the interruptions in our life and seldom in our plans. And he doesn't mind us having dreams and plans, and I think it is important to have that. But also realizing that earthly things and the things that we want may not be in the plans just yet, and it may never be in the plans. Dang, Joseph with sermon number two. That was fantastic. Yeah, I also have an idea of what I want my life to look like, but what you guys are saying is so good, and I think what even Mike was getting at is not that you have to have a roadmap of like, okay, March of 2023, I'm getting married. That's a little (laughs) crazy. Or like November of 24, I'm going to have a kid already. It's like, no, I don't think that's what he means by putting out your, your, your 10 year, your 10 year plan. But what you guys were both saying is, is I think like asking God to help you. And I think that that was the heart of the challenge is not Mm -hmm. like I'm buying a car on the state now doing this. But I think it is like, okay, if I sit down and ask God to help me in my life over the next 10 years, especially when appetites come and trades are made, 
like in fantasy, like when you're making a trade, like you don't want to make a bad trade because it could hurt your team. And I think that that's what he's saying. Like he doesn't want you to make a bad trade that could affect you down the road in 10 years. And to do that, you have to ask the Holy Spirit and God to help you. Anything else, guys? Any other points that you really enjoyed from the sermon that you wanted to pull out or anything you want to go back to that we talked about a minute ago? Because I even think about bridging the New Testament and the Old Testament where Adam was the first person. He was um, he was supposed to be the end-all, be-all. We didn't need Jesus. But I think it is so beautiful and important to remember that Jesus came to be the second Adam, that we could have life and life abundantly. And I'll never forget this quote someone um, said about about how um, being don't don't discount you being not being perfect you will be someday and so remembering that truth of we are broken now but when we get to heaven like brother bro was talking about we will be in new heaven we will be complete and keeping that eternal perspective that this is not it that perfection is coming that was good yeah, that was fantastic. You guys have brought up so many good points and really dug in, and I think that's about the end of our time. But, guys, I encourage you, like I say every time, don't let don't let the message and the growing and the learning stop on Thursday. Get involved. Get involved at CSF. If you're listening and you're not at CSF, that's amazing. Get involved wherever you're at in some form or fashion. If you are at CSF, seriously, join a group. It's the best mm-hmm. way to, to let the Holy Spirit guide you, mm-hmm. to make friends, to grow in community, to do everything keep coming to Synergy, keep coming to CSF. We love having you guys around. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me. It was a blast. If you, oh, thank you. If you haven't met these guys, come on a Thursday or any day of the week, really. They're here all the time. Come yeah. say hi to them. They're great. Joseph love to Mink meet you. is my favorite person. Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> hey, another Southern saying, bless your heart. Bless your heart. Um, that was so good, guys. Thanks so much for being here. We enjoyed being with you guys. Catch you next week on the ASAP. See ya. See ya.